friends we usually start this sort of uh, seminar webinar <clears throat> with uh, etymology and thus in this case very much inspiring and therefore i too would start with that we call saint thomas the apostle thomas liha now what do you mean by that shalach in hebrew means he sent and from that the passive shliha one who is sent and so thomas liha is one who has been sent by uh, jesus the risen lord jesus and if you come to <clears throat> the greek it is similar apostello apo from one place to another stello again i sent and from there comes the english word apostle saint thomas the apostle either thomas liha or thomas saint thomas the apostle it's all to do with one person sending another and in our case it's much more so i would say inspiring because every christian is invited to follow jesus and the same jesus is sending us each of us into the world as his ambassadors his representatives and in that sense it is inspiring and that's why we call it um a missionary again sent mitere in latin means sent who is sending god the father in and through jesus and each one of us in that sense is a missionary one who is sent with a purpose a mission so hebrew greek latin all go together in this as saint thomas is an apostle a sliha a missionary so are we now we come to after having this etymology done we come to the doubting thomas so called the gospel according to john chapter 20 verses 24 to 29 the gospel according to john chapter 20 verses 24 to 29 but thomas who was called the twin one of the 12 was not with them when jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the world we have seen the lord but he said to them unless i see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side i will not believe a week later his disciples were again in the house and thomas was with them although the doors were closed shut 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. So here we are, the first text for our consideration. Now, Pope Saint Gregory the Great helped me in understanding this in a better way. Thomas heard from his disciple, from his disciple friends. He doubted, he touched, he believed. And you know, this Saint Gregory the Great is writing, Thomas skepticism is more advantageous to us than the faith of the disciples who believed. And therefore, we have that text in such a way in the gospel. What I'm trying to say is, Thomas is a, perhaps, you may call him a doubting Thomas. But you know, he was, there's no facade. It's a real person, down to earth. And you would know already in chapter 14, where Jesus tells them, the disciples, I'm going away, but I'll prepare a place for you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Chapter 14, first verse onwards. And then Jesus says in verse four, and you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way. Do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? This is Thomas. Plain. No facade. No as if and no imaginary, no utopian, nothing. Straightforward. And such a person and of course, that time, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Through me, you come to the Father. If you knew me, you would, that was an answer to Philip, just there, the following paragraph. From now on, verse 7, you do know him, the Father. How? Because you know me. That was the answer. So, he's a plain man. There, is, there are no complexities in him. Such a man has uh, all this um, uh, grace of revelation as well. He's not having a facade. He's open. He's genuine. And therefore, that 
Saint Thomas would demand another appearance by Jesus. Now, since I started with Saint um, the Pope Gregory the Great, what he is writing is still more interesting. He, Thomas, saw the physical person of Jesus. And along with that, he confessed, he professed, my Lord and my God, professed faith in the recent Jesus Christ. What does that mean? What he saw is the physical person. He touched the wounds and uh, that led him to a leap of faith. My Lord, my God. Now why I bring this idea? In um, the letter to the Hebrews chapter 11, it is said, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That means faith provides proof for those things that cannot be seen. In that sense, visible things do not require faith. If that's the case, here, this is this type of uh, touching the physical body of Jesus, his wounds, and believing, it doesn't go well. If you see, you need not, uh, you need not have faith because you're seeing it. But in the case of Thomas, it is more. He is actually seeing the physical. I put it physical because it is the risen Christ's body. Yes, the signs of the scar, the wounds, wound scars are there. And yet, what he is professing is more. In the reality of the resurrection, Jesus Christ is conquering sin and the result of sin, death. That's what he professed. So it was not merely touching, oh, this is really Jesus. Oh no, that's not. He's much more. That's why that exclamation of faith, my Lord and my God. So that's along with that. You know, I would add here itself, in case I did not get time afterwards. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, he said, the more profound your faith, the fewer words used in prayer. The ideal example coming to my mind is um, Mother Mary's intervention at Cana. What does she say to him? They have no wine. What an expression of a profound faith in, his, in her son. And then it is just a phrase. Prayers can be so simple. Many uh, retreat preachers, including Archbishop Fulton Jeshin, reminding us of that. Prayers can be really simple. So coming to this, Similarly, 
the the more profound was thomas experience of the risen lord the more simple was his expression my lord and my god we should be fortunate as zero malabar catholics to own a father in faith thomas and that's why i insist on this from a physical touching going further on to profession of faith in the resurrection itself now there are a variety of people especially you know in different parts of the world especially in europe i have uh, heard saying oh after all he said doubting thomas look i would like to change that into a daring thomas i'll explain how first of all why was he absent judas carried his gone his way then there is supposed to be a leaven but he is not there i am i even start thinking perhaps jesus uh, chose an opportunity to bring in thomas later on and explain the the kernel of faith so coming to what i have been trying to say thomas was absent probably because he was daring to go out in spite of the fact that they were being searched for by the jews and they were detested by jews and they would definitely be if they go out in the open jews will catch them and either murder them as disciples of jesus the master is murdered already or put into prison and so thomas dared to move out and we have that we have that um, phrase there in verse 19 of chapter 20 and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the jews anything can happen master is murdered disciples would have no other future so he probably went out to collect food and drink for the rest because he was daring or you remember even in the way of the cross jesus jesus was uh, comforting the women of jerusalem those who were so dear to him and he knew what was going to happen to them he was prophesying and so what happens if that's the case this thomas would definitely continue his master's uh, mission comfort them encourage them not only women families 
those who can't contain this reality that their master is no more and so this is the daring one to move out into families one after another after the example of the master who comforted them with words of consolation encouragement that's another and i would come to the the third that's more important or more powerful in uh, the same gospel according to john chapter 11 you have the death of lazarus there and it is brought to um to jesus and then what happens then the message is brought to him oh he he has come to know already and he says jesus says in verse 15 for your sake i am glad i was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him to whom to lazarus all are afraid naturally they are afraid because this is in judea in judea the capital is jerusalem from jerusalem and uh, a, a kilometer and a half is bethany there is lazarus dead and buried and if you are to go to they are already waiting for jesus and uh, to such a place how does he go now this is imprudent to say the minimum disciples thought like that that's the time this daring thomas was there who said thomas called that who was called the twin verse 16 of chapter 11 of john he said to his fellow disciples let us also go that uh, we may die with him see that sort of a, a commitment level i believe that time only thomas had reached because other disciples were there they were silent that means they didn't want to they didn't want to follow the even if the master is going to judea we probably shall not that's the thinking and there comes an exception in saint thomas let us also go he is actually inviting them the his disciple friends that we may die with him they are sure jesus is is either is caught and imprisoned or stoned to death or somewhere jews will deal with him okay in spite of knowing that let us go and if he is to die let's go and die with him so i bring in these three uh, thinking to show that actually is not a doubting thomas but a daring thomas if that's the case if he is such a a a loftier thinking 
a value, sublime value in following Jesus and even dying for Jesus, with Jesus. He's in all probability an exceptional dis disciple or apostle. And that is why my thinking, that is why it's not chance that Jesus appeared uh, a second time to uh, when all the twelve were present. Now imagine if it is um, if it is only to correct this man. Okay, he, he is a doubting Thomas. He didn't even believe what the disciples said, and now then if that's the case he is to be reprimanded and this could be done in individual isolation jesus could have appeared to thomas when he was alone he didn't do that instead what does he do he, the other time when they were all together see we read that so clearly so it was is it, it, more is much more see a week later verse 26 when uh, his disciples were again in the house and thomas was with them why should jesus wait for a week so for him appearing for thomas sake is a value and also along with that that occasion should be a, a teaching for all the disciples he would even expect that exclamation my lord and my god in the presence of other disciples that much importance i'm sure he has given to this person thomas now i come to this leads me to the next point that is no Thomas' experience of the resurrection is very much personal. He expected a personal relationship with Jesus. Also after the uh, resurrection, if he was prepared even to go with him to uh, Judea and be murdered by Jews, that spirit is never lessened it is only increased uh, thomas expectations therefore is of a personal relationship with the risen lord in fact our relationship if it is a matter of faith it is of a personal relationship too there is no generalities in in faith i believe in what so the creed that I believe is exactly saying what I do believe. No, no generalities. It is personal. I believe. Not even we. I believe. And therefore, this, this spirit of uh, faith experience, the risen Lord Jesus understood. He reads hearts. 
it's a question of a personal intimate heart to heart relationship of course later on it will all have the uh, formulations of the dogma of faith or articles of faith i understand but ultimately we as individuals as persons in relation to jesus the risen lord jesus understands it he reads hearts and therefore he takes the trouble to come again to be to appear again uh, while thomas is there and he talks straight to the straight to thomas see at the second coming nothing is said and thomas was with them although the doors were closed there's another thing that's the quality of the resurrection he has a body a risen body it is for us to understand which actually our human understanding will never comprehend in us through closed doors he can come and yet he can show his the wound scars he can even have a piece of fried fish to make sure to show them that is a real jesus who worked and lived with them for 3 years so after this coming what does he do then he said to thomas peace that's a greeting peace be with you verse 27 and then he said to thomas straight away so he knows he knows hearts he reads hearts so he came again he talked straight to thomas and that to in uh, never in private in the group what does all that mean this man okay he has a reprimand have you believed because you have seen me and he is not waiting for a reply no answer blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe even if some people say from that we can conclude he was really a doubting thomas there is more to it this is a general admonition you may see you may not see but believe but the thing is that exclamation of faith my lord and my god goes beyond seeing the physical reality of jesus his body the wound scars it's jesus conquering death and sin that has led to this belief now when i say these things when i say is a daring thomas okay people uh, history would say at least the tradition is there that thomas came to india and you know matthew was preaching or this message of jesus in judea mark in rome and luke towards egypt and john in ephesus 
so disciples were and many and all others in different parts of the world you know where saint paul went so this was in these places what i said now are all comparatively close by but the indies to india is very very far away and uh, to to take a decision to go that far who will do that if not a daring thomas yes you may say there was a a jewish or even non jewish trade route that time available from the other side of the arabian sea to towards the tip of india and going further on even to china yes this is all possible but at the same time the fact is that he did it and that makes him a daring thomas now when we go further there are skeptics in india itself i know okay that's a tradition that saint thomas came to um india he may have he may not have but from the from the uh, 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 very unbiased impartial historical point of view seeing the difference of uh, christian presence in the south um, western state of kerala in india it's impossible to be so without an apostolic and ancient heritage a tradition going back to apostle thomas those who ask for proofs i'm not going into that to me to me we are the proof that thomas came to us came to india as a missionary in fact now in the 21st century many like you missionaries here in australia so many in different parts of the world stand up to jesus and the kingdom of god in their own lives because of this person saint thomas and is that not proof enough that he has come to india so what i mean is in an extreme humid situation or environment in kerala in the southeastern uh, southwestern tip of india the malabar coast we may not have that sort of scientific documentation as we have or as it is possible today imagine in an extremely humid uh, 
environment without aircon how could any of those scrolls or palm leaves on which they write as documents how could they survive and therefore if you ask for those sort of proofs you would not get any or very rarely but uh, even after 2000 years the presence of the believing community there is ample proof for this missionaries venture out there in kerala and other parts of india so what does all this mean to us what it means to us is this when we started that's the first experience when situations go wrong or less correct what do we do get back to that original experience return to the sources as we say in this case return to that original experience of this daring missionary even to the uh, land of kerala and parts of india this is what we we should do be as disciples of jesus should take pride in having saint thomas as missionary par excellence who showed us the way and when you get to other places take courage to introduce yourselves as thomas christians because we have a inspiring live testimony and legacy left to us by saint thomas that's our patrimony any questions if you have any questions you can just raise your hand or you can type it in the q and a box in that case uh, one question that came to me a little early is this why did thomas not get uh, much appreciation or recognition compared to jesus uh, other disciples like peter the rock or john etc as per biblical narration well very first uh, answer to this amen uh, is this do we hear about all other disciples or apostles in the from the gospels i mean from the um, new testament um, um, evidence we do not take now you mentioned here uh, saint peter yes the leader he is definitely given prominence and he is the leader and john for various reasons but uh, apart from that leave out judas cariot he is gone his way so then of the 11 these two peter and john you set apart then there are there are nine other 
disciples. We don't hear much about any other either. Not too many things. And therefore, from a biblical narration, this question, Thomas did not get much appreciation or recognition, nor did any other exceptionally. That's one. Apart from that, I would say he has, see, in the question, one point that was suggested by way of an answer is this. Was it because he loved him more than anyone and demanded to see his marks, wounds, scars? So he's really not a doubting Thomas, rather a staunch believer that I explained already. Actually, personal relationships remain and religion is a matter of personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Okay, when two people come together, there should be a regulation. What is to do when? Suppose two start living together. At what time? Who will do what? There are regulations in the church. So also, when we all come together as church, there should be regulations, rules, law. Yes, but having said that, these are only for the community, the people come together to function smoothly. But the fact remains, personal relationship with the Master and Lord is of paramount importance. If you have every regulation or rule followed um, absolutely, yet if you do not have that personal intimacy with the Lord and Savior Jesus, all that following uh, rules and regulations and then uh, that would be useless, all in vain. I suggest that we take this occasion to reflect on our faith, our faith or commitment in faith. Let us take time day by day to know the personality of Jesus, our Savior and Master and Lord. Let Jesus continue to inspire us. Come what may, let Jesus become not only a, a notional <laughs> historical figure, but also a passion. Like those disciples, including Saint um, Thomas, let us be inspired by this person. Let us get to what he said, what he did. Let that be inside us day by day almost like a meditation. I would even say like a live coal in our hearts is burning. And then you will see that the same Jesus who sent the power of the Holy Spirit and we prayed in the beginning of this session for the same power of the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit is at work now, even today in our day-to-day -day lives then it becomes not registering my name into a list of um, 
parishioners or members of the church, it will become a, a live relationship, intimacy with our Savior, Jesus. We that created have... a bond. Thank you. Thank you. So we actually have two questions that um, yeah. they asked, two people asked anonymously. So the first question was, why was St. Thomas called the twin? Uh, the biblical information does not explain anything. Uh, you would, uh, um, I'm not prepared for that now. I would uh, answer that at a later time. You give me the message or give my, the number and I can call that person back and explain to Yeah, thanks. And then the next one is, was Thomas's persistence to place his hand in Jesus's side a symbol of acknowledgement of his death or was there another significance of him putting his hand in his wound? What was the first part of it? I'm sorry. Was Thomas's persistence to place his hand in Jesus's side, so Jesus's wound, was that a symbol of uh, Thomas acknowledging his death or was there another significance of that? It is, um... Physical touch, in this case, physical touch is to um, confirm that it is the same person, Jesus, with whom these disciples, including Thomas, lived and worked and moved along. So that's the first thing. And if that's the case, it is enough to see. Yes, you are right. But in this case, I go one step ahead. Thomas knew that he enjoyed a personal, intimate relationship with his master, Jesus. And from his part, he has expressed his readiness to follow him and even to die for him. That being the case, Thomas can definitely think that he will be given a a response from the part of his master. Okay, so now why should he specifically touch? That is only because he demanded it. I want to know it is really, really Jesus. If that is your demand, even if it may look a little bit childish, Jesus is prepared even for that. That's why in that the second that coming, there is no there is no talking of anything else. Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my wound and my side. Put your hand. So what does that mean? So it is uh, for looking at it from outside, we know this is to identify the person. This is the same Jesus who lived along with them and moved around, worked miracles, preached the kingdom of God for the three years. The same person. But for more, this, this boy is demanding too much. Eh? 
is like that. Okay, I would oblige even his demands. I would even I would look at it more than the fact that Jesus died and rose again. I would look at it as an expression of Jesus accepting this intimacy with Thomas. I don't know if you agree with me, but I'm I, I'm prone to think like that. Yeah. Thank you, Atra. Um not sure if we have time for any more questions. We have two more questions. Um, I'll pick the one that's uh, most related to this one. So that one is, could it also be that he wanted to know what the resurrected body was like? If he wanted to know, he wanted to know means it's a curiosity. Is, uh, is the master's uh, life and death and resurrection a question of curiosity? I wonder, uh, when is a pre person present to another? It is a decision. Let us put it that way. If, if I want to be, I may be physically present, but I need not be as a person present to that, um, that one who is next to me. I used to give the example of a, a, a bus journey or bus or tram or train. There are so many packed bus and each one is in one's own world. When am I present to another? At the same time, suppose two people come from the, two students come from the same uni, from the same class, and they're traveling together. Even if it is a packed uh, train or a bus, or uh, they start with the end of the class and some comments. And so they are making, taking a decision to be present to each other. So if that's the case, here it is on that level of presence. I would even think this way. Jesus wanted to show others. Do not think that uh, Thomas is of a, a second-rate disciple. I take pains to come again for his sake in your presence. So therefore, as I said before, faith is a relational entity. How I relate myself to this person of Jesus. And therefore, being present, even a second time coming, means I take Thomas seriously, as much as he takes me seriously. Our relationship is personal and intimate. Perhaps just as much as, as much intimate my relationship with you, other disciples are. That's how I would start thinking. Yes, Hansen, any further question? Um, I think no, that's it. So 
that comes to the end of this webinar. So thank you very much, Freddie for that wonderful, very detailed character study of St. Thomas. Um, so now I will just hand it over to Sodin Chervin and he will just go through a few uh, announcements for our SMI in Australia. So thank you again, Father Freddie. Thank you very much. It's my first experience myself. Um, and I hope if there are some um, ways to improve it, I should um, uh, please feel free to tell me so that in future I could, um, in, if need be, I can be uh, in that sense focusing on so those aspects which I haven't done very well perhaps today. Thank you. Thank you, dear Freddie Cha. Uh, so it was, you know, like, yeah, he was telling us to uh, take on a step, a daring step like St. Thomas. So uh, thank you so much once again, you know, thank you for all joining uh, today's webinar, especially thank you for our dear Reverend Dr. Frederick Elevatungel, our dear own Freddie Etchen. Thank you so much, Acha. So that you know, your webinar is actually urging us to take on the daring steps like Saint Thomas did. Thank you. Thank you.